0: If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, but you want to do your part. And chances are you've heard me mention a great means by doing just that. Email made by and for Catholics. Check out fidee That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course, they're Catholic. And they're offering two months off on your first year for an annual subscription. If you enter the coupon code RETURN2TRADITION, without spaces, that's the name of this channel, without spaces, at checkout. Last week, a stir was caused internationally when it was revealed that one of Francis' closest advisors probably doesn't have the Catholic faith. That may not be news to many of you watching this, but the news that Father Antonio Spadaro, one of Francis's papal advisors, had been accused of heresy, well, that caused a stir. He gave a sermon in which he reduced our Lord to being an earthly political activist, who learned to stop being so rigid and partisan by the example of the Canaanite woman. This story is one of the favorites of the modernists to distort and twist to their own weird ends, as I'll show you in a moment. Spadaro continues to preach his heresy without any repercussions, coming from apostate Rome, which also isn't surprising in the slightest, all things considered. Yet this story caused such a stir that I received numerous emails asking me to expose this for the broader audience, so I'll do so here, with this caveat. Instead of being angry at Father Spadaro or Francis or anyone else involved, please pray for their interior conversion. And if you think that I'm out of line with anything I say here, please pray for my conversion. That's how this should work. So let's dive into this fun story here, Headline from Edward Penton's website. Papal advisor Father Antonio Spadaro accused of heretical blasphemy. Now, if you don't know who Edward Penton is, he's a Catholic journalist. You know, a real journalist, not one of those who gets up every day yelling about how trads are the real problem and are all secretly engaged in hideous activities of a Ted McCarrick kind. Mr. Penton serves as senior correspondent for EWTN and the National Catholic Register. On his personal website, he published an article accusing Father Spadaro, a key member of the Roman Curia, of being a heretic of the worst kind. Spadaro is a Jesuit who is one of Francis's closest advisors, which will make the news of Sp- Spadaro being a heretic not terribly surprising to anyone who's been paying attention. But from Mr. Penton's article, quote, One of Pope Francis's closest advisors, Jesuit Father Antonio Spadaro has been accused of heretical blasphemy. After portraying the Lord as a flawed human being in need of conversion from nationalism and rigidity, writing in Il Fatto Quotidiano, August 20th, a highly secular left-wing Italian daily, Father Spadaro reflected on the gospel story of the faith of a Canaanite woman and concluded that Jesus was healed and freed, quote, from the rigidity of the theological, political, and cultural elements dominant in his time. The story from the Gospel of Matthew concerns that of a woman from the pagan region of Canaan, who begs Jesus to heal her daughter possessed by a demon. Jesus initially refuses to help her, saying that he was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. However, the woman persists, begging Jesus and even comparing herself to dogs, who are allowed to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus is eventually moved by her faith and heals her daughter. The church fathers and church tri- tradition have always interpreted the story as a powerful reminder of the importance of faith. The woman did not give up on Jesus, even when he seemed to be rejecting her. She continued to believe that he could help her daughter, and in the end, her faith was rewarded. End quote. The modernists accusing Jesus of changing his mind and of learning something from the Canaanite woman is nothing new. We've seen this before. In fact, I want to point something out here, actually. Eric Salmons, editor and executive director of Crisis Magazine, said of this report, quote, reporting that Father Antonio Spadaro is a heretic is kind of a dog bites man story at this point, isn't it? End quote. And to a degree, it's true, it's a fair assessment, but here's the thing. Spadaro isn't the only modernist to say this nonsense. Francis has hinted at it, but Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church has also said it in public. Maybe it's a Jesuit thing at this point. I don't know, but here's Pastor Jimmy Martin saying it on Twitter a few years ago. Quote, "Gospel: Today we see Jesus's human and divine natures. He learns from the woman that his ministry extends to all, and he heals her daughter." <laughs> End quote. Just a reminder: Jesus, being fully God and fully man, possessed full knowledge of, at his incarnation, meaning he was not really capable of learning anything really, since he already knew everything there was to know. But what Spadaro does is worse. He accuses Jesus of being a rigid nationalist, which is literally the opposite of what Jesus was doing in his earthly ministry. The people expected the Messiah to raise their country up, throw off the Romans, and then take everything over everywhere, becoming the preeminent force on the planet. It was sort of like a militant version of liberation theology is what they believed in. And that's not what happened, but that's what they wanted. Yet here we see Spadaro accusing Jesus of being like that himself, and the Canaanite woman changed his mind. What utter (laughs) claptrap. I'm going to quote Spadaro at length here because his accounting of the story of the Canaanite woman paints our Lord to be nasty and cruel. So brace yourself for it. Quote, Jesus is in Gennesaret on the night bank of Lake Tiberias. The locals had recognized him and word of his presence had spread throughout the region by word of mouth. Many brought him the sick who were healed. It was a land where people had to welcome and understand him. His actions were effective, but the master does not stop. The Gospel of Matthew, who writes for our elder brothers, tells us that he goes towards the south or the northwest, the area of Tyre and Sidon, that is, to the Phoenician and therefore pagan area. But behold, cries are heard. They are from a woman. <clears throat> she is Canaanite, that is, from a region inhabited by an idolatrous people that Israel looked upon with contempt and enmity. The story, therefore, claims that Jesus and the woman were enemies. The woman cries out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is very tormented by a demon. The body of this woman, her voice, erupts as if at the scene of a tragedy, impossible for Jesus not to react to the chaos that abruptly interrupted the journey. Instead, no but he did not speak to her even a word. Matthew writes laconically, Jesus remains indifferent. His disciples approach him and plead with him in amazement. The woman was stirring those who also misjudged her. Her cries had broken the barrier of hatred. But Jesus does not care. Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. His own plead with him, trying to discreetly use the excuse of her insistence and the annoyance that her presence would have caused to the hearth of the Lord. The silence is followed by Jesus' irritated and callous reply. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Lord's hardness is unshakable. Now even Jesus plays a theologian. The mission received from God is limited to the children of Israel. So there's nothing to be done. Mercy is not for her. She is excluded. There is no end or no discussion. End quote. Let's pause here for a moment. I feel like I need to wash my mouth out with soap after reading that. Father Spadaro is accusing our blessed Lord, the second person of the Holy Trinity, of being, and I quote, irritated, callous, and of being hardened against the woman to to the point of excluding her from his divine mercy. Not that there was something to be learned for his disciples and for the woman in the exchange between them, but that Jesus was essentially a cruel man. This kind of theology debases our Lord, reduces him to some kind of man who is a spiritual guru combined with some sort of political leader, but still a man and nothing more than that. And this priest is a key member of the papal household and is central to Francis's entourage. Keep that in mind. Let's continue. Quote, But the woman is stubborn. Her hope is desperate. She breaks down not only any supposed tribal enmity, but also opportunity, her own dignity. She throws herself in front of him and begs him, Lord, help me. And She calls him Lord. That is, she recognizes his authority and his mission. What else can Jesus expect to do? Yet he replies in a mocking and disrespectful way toward that poor woman, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. That is to domestic dogs. A lapse in attitude, manner, humanity. Jesus appears as if he were blinded by nationalism and theological rigor. Anyone else would have given up, but not the woman. She is determined. She wants her daughter healed. She immediately grasps the only fissure left open by Jesus' words where he had referred to domestic dogs, and therefore not stray ones. They share their master's house. In fact, and so with a move that desperation makes cunning, she says, It is true, Lord, and yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Few words, but well posed and such as to upset the rigidity of Jesus, to conform him, to convert him to himself. Indeed, without hesitation, Jesus replies, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And from that instant, his daughter was healed. And Jesus also appears healed, and in the end, shows that he is free from the rigidity of the dominant theological, political, and cultural elements of his time. Wow. (laughs) So what happened? Outside the land of Israel, Jesus healed the daughter of a pagan woman, despised for being Canaanite. Not only that, he agrees with her and praises her great faith. Here is the seed of a revolution. That's of all of Father Spadaro's unhinged basement of our Lord. Here we see Jesus accused of blind nationalism, theological rigor, possessing tribal enmity, and of being held to cultural elements and tribalism. Jesus, we learn, was converted by the woman, as opposed to you know what really happened. The disciples and apostles watching, and anybody else really watching the exchange were themselves continued in their conversion from a belief that Jesus was going to bring them some kind of earthly empire where all the competitors of the people of Israel would be subjugated to Jesus's earthly rule. Instead, Jesus is apparently the one who needs converting, according to Father Spadaro. His own heresies accuse him of heresy. It's all really quite remarkable, but it also reveals something else to us as well. We kind of get a glimpse here into the mind of the modernist and their intentions. Remember, We're being subjected constantly now to talk about the church needing to convert, of Francis building a synodal church, which implies that the spotless bride of Christ needs to convert and is in fact not so spotless after all. If Jesus can be converted by a nameless woman in his travels, then surely the faithful can convert the church as well. You know, as opposed to the church calling the faithful to conversion. See how this works? The only positive thing I can say about Spadaro's statement is that his words are so brazen that it makes it easy to warn people of the dangers his ideas represent to those who want to keep the Catholic faith. Spadaro is a preacher of a humanist, earthly religion. It's not Catholicism. I don't know what it is. Maybe we'll call it synodalism or synodality, but it's not Catholicism. It's not the faith of the saints. So what do you think about this? Are you surprised that someone who would preach something like this isn't getting formally corrected by Rome? Or are we just so far past that being possibility at this point that nothing surprises you? That's kind of where I'm at here. So give me your thoughts on this in the comments, please. Hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps as well. If you like commentary like this, consider supporting the work of this channel on Patreon or by hitting that join button below. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.